What's going on, everyone? Thank you for coming back to another episode of the Dapper Villains Podcast. I am Dana Blue, and as always, joined by my co-host, Jay Such. Dave, Jay, what's going on? I'm very good, brother. I'm very excited about today's guest. He's actually one of my first friends in New York. Really? You have friends? Yeah. Holy shit. Let's ask him if he feels I'm a friend or not. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute, Jay, guys. Before we get to our guest today, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcast, anywhere you get your audio, we are there. So be sure to subscribe so you do not miss our weekly episodes of the Dapper Villains Podcast. With that, Jay, let's bring our guest in. Let's uh, find out what Carl has going on and if he actually thinks you're a good enough person to call a friend because I have doubts. <laughs> but Carl Cristiano man thank you so much for coming by the podcast excellent thank you for having me thank you for having me it's really really appreciate everything so you're known really as as an alteration guy right like not known but you're a tailor but your your alterations stand out as like the thing yeah, we're, we're, well, we're tailors first, right? So we're we, a family thing that's been going on for many, many years of just tailoring. Mm. So we're, we're tailors and we do alterations, but yes, we, we do like a lot of recuts and redesigns and reshapes. And since we're tailors and we're bespoke tailors as well, we can do, you kind of play with both in a sense, you go all, all across the board. Nice. And so your, your shop is in Manhattan? Uh, yeah, we have a uh, shop in Manhattan. It's on 61st and Lex. It's uh, right pretty much in Midtown, Upper Midtown and area. Good location. Yeah, no, the location, we've been there for 47 years in that same location. Wow. My dad, took that, my dad took that place when he was a kid and pretty much has been the same place and running it since. So it's been, it's been quite a ride, you know? It's been my whole childhood in a sense, being honest. Now, apparently, Jay thinks to, seems to think you know him. Would you consider Jay a friend? <laughs> Jay, he's more of a pain in the ass. <laughs> he's definitely a fucking pain in the ass. That's for sure. That took pain way too long, is, motherfucker. Is, you know, you know. I'll be very honest. I bought this fucking kid pizza the first time I met him. You know, I was, I was trying to. Ask him. I really was. I really was. Yeah. Yeah. Why were you not? I'm useless, Carl. I'm useless. Why were you trying to be nice? <laughs> I'm trying to get a deal. Like it's been two years you know, and I mean? I'm like, still useless to you. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But you know, I, I like hanging out with you. I, I enjoy it. It gives me some like light to my day in a sense. J- Jay's the type of guy who will eat a New York slice with a fork and knife. Yeah, pretty much. That's uh, that's uh, that's pretty much his deal. He came into my shop and he was like, I don't know if like a couple hours. He's like, all right, I want like a real good New York pizza. I'm like, all right, we got like one like right around the corner. He's like, is it the best one? I'm like, you can't say there's no best one. You can't like pick your favorite kids, you know? I'm like, I take it this really good one around the corner, and it was a good time. You know, we hung out, had some drinks and stuff, and that was it. Nice. Like, Trish, traditional, like, New York, yeah. real New York. So you grew up in the in the Taylor game, and your dad's been at it for a minute. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's been my whole life. So my dad's been doing this his whole life, and I, I, I was coming to work when I was a kid, but obviously just doing kid things, not actually working, like, yeah. you know, like an apprentice kind of situation then. It was more like I was the doorman, I guess, to put the buzzer for people to walk, walk into the shop, you know? But yeah. um, till like turned 20 is when it came in so now i've been doing this for this point 17 years been like that shop every single day for six days a week but um yeah it's pretty much it you know like it's it we do everything over there which is kind of crazy well it's a one-stop shop place where we make design recut realtor repair just everything but cleaning of a, mm. of any kind of garment whatsoever men or women in a sense yeah the recut thing is what, what's really interesting to me. Cause obviously, you know, cut design, you guys do all that, but not so many people are doing recuts and alterations at, at the level you're at. How do you guys, was that always something you did? It's oh yeah. So that was like the, that was the, the when my dad first started, right. He was a, he was a tailor as a kid coming here and then 
alterations was what money like rotated. Like it was just mm. easier for alterations. People always need people ready to wear became so popular where alterations had to be necessary. When it used to be you used to go to a tailor to get clothes, then it became let me go to the store, buy a suit, mm. and then come to, you know go to a tailor to fix it, and then that's how it started. So it was that was the what got the work in, and then the custom kind of took over from its own point of view from that point. Yeah, nice. I get to imagine some like off the rack stuff must be just horrible to like do an alteration. Oh, it's horrendous. It's, 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 it's horrendous. You know, we'll, we'll cut up an H, I'll cut up an H and M suit. The guy that will pay for it. It doesn't matter if it's coming from one thing to, you know, from a, a $20 garment to, a, you know, we've seen 15, 20, 30, $30,000 garment price things come in. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. It's all, as long as there's a scene, we do it. And as long as you're paying for it, I don't really care. You know, yeah. just, well, would you make it done? But alteration seems to be like the job nobody wants to do. It, oh, because it's a, it's it's a lot it's it's a lot of stress, pressure, organizational. Um, but you know, it's a system. You know, once you get your system done, it's like anything else. Some, some people don't want to own a factory. Some people don't want to own whatever. It's just once you get your system in place, it's pretty straightforward. You know, it's definitely more pressurized because everyone's got deadlines and time things like who needs this for then and who's leaving who's what but once you get that system down it's, it's pretty straightforward I, I know for me when i've altered stuff in the past it's a lot more work than making something new definitely a lot more work it's a lot more costly you know what i mean like it's yeah. you know even if you buy a suit and to me like taking the side say of the jacket it can take me an hour and an hour and 20 minutes hour and a half depending on the, the guy who we put it on to it what we charge sometimes is more than the garment's worth or what the garment costs to remake it but it's all time involved. So, you know, it's, a, it's, and it's more of art having to figure out the actual initial pattern of the piece and then recutting it to be yeah. properly sized down versus just doing whatever, you know, taking something in and screwing the whole thing up because you can easily screw it up. It's just, it's a systematic thing. Making it look proportional. Correct. Every, everything. Yeah. You basically, you got you got you got you to reverse engineer every single piece that comes in. So whatever, you know, it, it, yes, most pieces are the same things. It could be a suit jacket, but you have to take that suit jacket and reverse like the pattern in your head and kind of figure out, all right, in order to get this thing down, we have to reshape this and reshape that. And you know, then it becomes more of body and fit, right? So we have to actually, besides recutting, we actually have to mold it to you. So we have to figure out the certain adjustments. If we have to raise the back down, you have to lower the, the bottom, you know, everything's all proportionate to, to re-engineering the actual piece. So crazy. So, so complicated. But I guess, like you said, it's a, a service. It's, it's, it's very complicated, but it's, it's a system. Which, it's huge. Everyone needs it. It's not going away. Um, and we do the custom too as well. And that's just, that's more fun. You know, like the, yeah. you know, the creative part of things in a sense, every day. So otherwise it's shortening pairs of pants or, you know, shortening sleeves and jackets all day long and hundreds of pieces a week, hundreds in a sense we do sometimes. Wow. Really? The places, the, the place, yeah, well, honestly, the place is probably the busiest tailor shop in New York city. I mean, on, on prior COVID say, you know what I mean? On, on a given Saturday, we would see anywhere between, we said like a counter from between like 75 to like 120 people on a Saturday just coming in, bringing in clothes in. It could be from one piece to 30 pieces. Some people walk in with suitcases and it's like recutting, reshaping, gain weight, lost weight, you know, like a kind of whole rotation. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But I suppose that would be such a great way to acquire customers too. Like if you're known as the only... Exactly. That's how we gained most of our custom was from an alteration, right? So someone would come into the store and like, you know, a lot of times it'd be whatever, a ready to wear piece or it'd be a custom piece they ordered from somewhere else that something was they weren't happy about and they're like can you fix this and like they told me they couldn't fix it i'm like no it's just we'll do this and do that we'll fix it and then they're like wait a second you do this and like you make suits like if you can recut a suit to be reformed fitting to me why can't you make a suit and then they'll, they'll end up trying it and then once people try they, they pretty much don't leave do you do b2b do you work with businesses as well yeah, we do. We do a lot of B2B actually as well. We do. We, we make for a lot of people in New York, some out of state, but yeah, we do a lot. That's another sector. Like we, we, like, like I said before, we're like kind of like all, all around 
situation without being a factory. The only thing I'm missing of the, of the whole puzzle will be like owning my own factory that we can do everything out of one place. I mean, even though I have like a micro factory now, it's like 14 people. I need like a full on factory for the custom part to kind of play yeah. off the whole, the whole 360 in a sense. Because there are a lot of like new clothiers who just started off and they made their suits in red collar or like Chinese companies and stuff. That's, and, that's you know, America. Of course, <laughs> their America. first suits are all fuck ups. And uh, yeah. I, the reason I really wanted to have you on is because like, I don't think a lot of people know that you can actually alter your garments right in the heart of New York. Uh, with yeah, guys. yeah. No, you're right. And, and it's, it's weird because you don't think about it. You assume that the person or the place you're buying it from, it should fit you or should be right to you. And then it doesn't clue in your mind, like, oh wait, I can get this, somebody else can do this. If this guy's, you know, once one person says they can't do it, they assume that it can't be done. And if it can't be done, you I mean, there, is, there are sometimes cases where, you know, somebody fucks something up so damn bad that I can't repair it or fix it. And, you know, yeah. we, we, we figure it out, we're like, no, this is not possible. You know, I'm like, you're screwed in this one. Or we try to rectify it and try to fix it and try to salvage it. At least you get some wear out of it because people spend all the good money in their clothes, you know? If things are too short or there's not enough fabrics left, that's when you have to say no, right? Not necessarily say no. You got to either try to be creative. Like we got to put pieces in and figure out how to do that because we'll do that too as well. Like there's people like say if a woman sometimes will buy a dress and the dress is two sizes too small and we'll put like gusset pieces on the side to make it bigger, but she loves the piece. And it'll be like, we'll try to match a fabric to try to be as close as possible and make it bigger or smaller. You know, we do all sorts of things like that. We get creative at that point. Amazing. You have to be extremely creative, like try to figure out certain things or if it doesn't work, you have to like match another fabric to match the dress or piece or jacket or whatever the case of it. I mean, like I have one guy, like a famous writer down the block and he like, all his jackets were jackets that his uncle made from him like 40 years ago and he never wanted to get rid of it. But like, it was so old that everything was like fraying on it. Like the pockets were fraying, the lapels were fraying. So literally all his jackets, we started piping in like, like, like suede on every single piece. And then like, we, and then little by little, we probably did about 40 jackets now because he loves the way it looks. And we do like different colors of suede on every single piece because it's just creative and it could be, some things could be sentimental and they don't want to get rid of it. You know, it's a little bit of everything. So it's, it's fun that part, but it's definitely a high trafficy pressure system. It's risk, right? Because I think a lot, the reason a lot of people say they can't do it or it can't be done because that is a risk to this garment, right? And like, if you're trying to match fabric, yes. add gussets or put a pleat somewhere and then hide Correct. a contrast. Correct. You see, that's the thing is most of the time it's, if you do it correctly, it's actually almost no risk. Cause we don't like, we never, we never cut any fabric. Like so if you're coming in say, and you're taking a jacket on a, on a piece and you got to take it like four inches. I won't cut a piece of fabric from that. We'll cut it. Like we'll open up the, the seams and reshape it, but leave all the fabric inside. Yeah. So God forbid you were to gain weight again, or we screw up. We can just everything. We just did. And you know, for the most part, the, the stitch marks don't like, almost don't show in any kind of fabric whatsoever. So everything kind of be back and forth and reverse six times. I mean, we have people that like gain weight and lose weight so often that we re-alter the same trouser like 18 times in one inch, out two inches, in an inch and a half, out two inches, you know, like really fluctuate and no mark show. And we just kind of just go back and forth and re-alter the same thing. Nice. Hey, great, great model to have. <laughs> it's crazy. Way to earn a customer's loyalty forever, right? If you have the guy in their pants. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, you know, I mean, uh, everyone that comes in is like becomes like more like family-ish in a situation. Like they all come in, everyone knows like each other's business, and it becomes almost like a barbershop environment. So people like start feeding off all the people, and like oh, I love that dress, or I love that piece, or I love that jacket. Which is the jacket from? And it's always like it's a very conversational store. Nice. Yeah, and even in your store, there are a lot of like uh, unique suits from all over the place displayed. 
And Correct. Uh, I, I suppose people would get a lot of ideas. That's what it is. It's like, you know, we don't close anything, so everything's out in the open. So, like, you know, when you were first walk in, it's like the delivery room where all the, the clothes are sitting there. So, you'll look, people shop through with a rack in a sense of, like, this is cool. Where is from? This is awesome. You know, like, because there's so many different, if you picture, like, grab, like, you know, one piece from your wardrobe and have 75 people doing it and putting it in one closet, there'd be kind of some cool pieces in there. You know, like, if yeah. you really think about it, you know, there would be some cool, interesting things. So people like look through them like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Or like, I could like a jacket like that. It's pretty cool. Like you get ideas in a sense from looking at other people's stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What's the style like in New York? Because you're right in the middle of the city. So you must see a, a wide sort of spectrum of custom work. Custom work, yeah, we do. And it's, it, you know, 85% of it's all business. It, you know, I make blue and gray suits all day long, all day long. It's, it's, it, that's like the biggest like selling two things is blue and gray. And then you have the, the other part of it where people want some more fun stuff and there's plaids and a little more dressier. But in general, it's all business. It's variations of blue and gray. Guys who rock the, uh, the like a, a blue shirt with a white collar and cuff type of look. and It's, it's, it's all simplistic. You know, they, they don't want to, Most of the people that come in are strictly business and they, they want to look good but not stand out. That's, that's 85%, you know, like uh, of, of the clients that come to the tail shop. It's 85 It's all business. It's all finance guys, lawyers, whatever. It's just basic, basic suits. Nothing. You can't. You can't go crazy in details. The really? people who come into CKC are more fun. The people who come in CKC are completely opposite. It's completely opposite. Yes, you, get, you know, it's, it's it's the other way around. It's like, uh, like one's like seventy five twenty five, and the other one's seventy five twenty five the other way. Like one's all business, and the other one's more fun. Okay. So you get, yeah. you get some cool. You get some cool designs out of that one. I've seen some of your customers in CKC, and they're very like spreads the tour. They're very yeah, yeah, old no, they, school, they, they, like correct, correct. Yeah, you're 100 right. They, they're, they'll they're, wear the little, bright things. They'll wear. They, they have they that much money that they'll, yeah, they'll have fun with it. It gets because it gets a point when you have so much, you need something different, right? Because you, you know people don't get rid of clothes anymore, especially when it comes to suits. It's not something like it's disposable. Once mm. you buy a piece, it kind of stays there forever, right? So. Once you get your initial business stuff out of the way and then you start adding the fun stuff to everything, that's when like really people start going nuts. And that area, yeah, that thing is more fun. And, and Chris as a model shows off as more fun to it. So it's, yeah. like, you, they don't, yeah. if every, it's like really what people that come in there really don't buy a business suit. They buy something plaid fun. I mean, our biggest selling is like the canary yellow suit that we have even on our website. That's our biggest selling one. Your biggest seller is a canary yellow suit canary yellow suit it's like it's not canary it's more like like a butter yellow which that's what we actually named it it's very softish in yellow but it's the biggest selling suit there is that wow in the past year yeah if anyone told me that they have a suit shop and the number one thing that sells is a butter yellow suit i would be like you're lying it's it's crazy <laughs> i'm telling you it's and we, we we sit there and look at it we, you know i record everything we, how we did it at CKC is a little bit different. Like we curated a whole collection, right? Of like an ideal wardrobe. So it's a little bit of everything inside. Like an, if this is like your full on closet. You'd have one of all these pieces and you can have fun with everything, right? So what we see is the most one is selling is that butter yellow one because everything's in the full collection. So when you have a certain fabrics that we really sell the most of, and then there's, yeah, there's a few odds and ends up here, like a regular blue or that different shade or whatever. But most of the pieces that we buy, 85% of them are the same things that we have on the website, the same fabrics. Wow. Like they don't go outside those fabric range. So if I made a book collection of just the ones I have on the website, people would just buy off of that all day long versus like shopping through all the books, everything we carry. And I suppose if you see Christopher Corey wearing um, something, it gives you ideas. Like if you have a story, Christopher Corey, why would you want to keep wearing blue and navy? And that's what, well, I think that's what it is. Because the, the fact that I, the fact that he, he wears every single piece that we actually sell, it, 
it comes it's automatically that they just want that piece like they don't they don't they come they come into the store not knowing already what they have in mind like they see it and like i love that picture and they'll come in like can i have that suit or they're like phone on instagram like they're pointing the phone like can i have that one and him wearing that suit and that's like that's what we bought and then we start measuring them up and just make it they come in already like predetermined because our instagram became almost like a lookbook for everything that we carry hmm. Mm. And, and i'll say too like he's just one he, he looks good in everything he wears so it's like not correct. hard to he's correct. wearing something not hard to sell it correct correct he's just like god damn lucky motherfucker yes, yes. <laughs> this genetically gifted son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> are you bored of his face as your brand ambassador yet <laughs> i bust the shop sometimes listen he, 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 this guy's my boy i love him to death you know he he actually like it's almost at a point where he it's a he doesn't even like taking, he doesn't even like looking pictures of himself. You think like somebody like that, that has so many pictures of himself would actually yeah. like be so conceited enough that he wants like, he stares himself in the mirror. He's one of those things. He's like that guy who always like, always look, wants to look good. He's completely the opposite, completely the opposite. That was the first most surprising thing when I talked to him is that he doesn't <laughs> like being taken photos of. In a sense, like, no, like, you know, he, he says like all the time, he's like, if I was ever to change this ever again, like start all over again, he goes, I would literally cut my face off at every single photo. Like I would just, I would do it every single time. It, it was the whole visual. He's like, I, I did it and now it's there and I'm, I'm sticking to it. You know, I'm not changing it. He was like, ever, ever read my captions is what people are there for. I was like, oh, I didn't know you write things <laughs> on there. <laughs> that's, that's like a 50, 50 thing. Either 50% of people don't look at the photos, 50% and, and then. 50% of people look at the photos and just read the, the comments too. And it, it's very odd because like, it's funny because like we'll, we'll put a post up and it'll be like, oh, the, the suit is the, the so-and-so so color or whatever. And then we'll give a description of it to actually buy it. And they'll answer, ask in the comments, like, so where's that suit from? Who makes it? I'm like, seriously, we just posted that two seconds ago saying that we make the suit. Like, I'm confused here. You know, like, it's, it, it, you can see, like, people don't necessarily read it, but... Uh, Does his follower by now know that you guys own a store? Yeah, no, no. Now at this point it is, because you know, the, the amount of, like, direct messages he gets per day, I can tell you on a given day, it's 100 direct messages at least. Um, and it's questions about styling and outfits and where can I buy this? And then pictures of like feet, you know, it gets a little bit, gets a little bit of everything. Yeah, but the guy who looks like that, a ton of dick pics coming his way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little bit of both actually. No, it's, it's, it's actually more women than men, but yeah, it, it's a, it gets a little crazy. It gets a little yeah. crazy. We have to sometimes censor things. He'll, he'll show me in the morning, like, yo, take a look at this one. I'm like, yeah, I'm good with that. Then it's fine. <laughs> tough life, tough you know? life. Tough life. It's tough life. It's tough life. But he gets he gets both ends of the spectrum on that one. That's for sure, though. I had that's a chance sure. to see your business right like from the very beginning, right? And uh, we were talking about whether like the sales will convert from an Instagram because okay, Chris is actually very well connected. You're very well connected. Opening a store, of course, wouldn't be a problem for you as to get uh, customers because Chris is a real estate guy. You're Correct. you're in the business for ages, and having a an actual store on the first floor of somewhere uh and yeah. uh, you know beautifully displayed will always work anyway but we were brainstorming whether instagram will convert correct you I mean it was still it was those things right you knew you knew the, the engagement was there right and people were questioning this every single day but you don't know if they're actually gonna actually really buy right it just could be keyboard warriors behind them thing type of yeah. messages like i want to buy that piece you know we didn't know what actually would turn about from people actually asking where they buy the suit and where they can get it from to actually click a button actually buying it. Yeah. Um, but actually, no, it's been, I'm going to be honest, we've been super fortunate. Even during COVID, it's been phenomenal, actually. Like it, the, the orders come in like crazy. And we actually like had to slow down a little bit because it got too crazy. 
Wow. So the online sales part does the online sales part has been doing it's been doing really, really well. We do like a made to order situation where it's kind of cure the whole thing. You pick it, you click it, you buy it. You can do mix and match sizes, it doesn't matter. And then if you really want to, you email us and like listen, I had a jack and made and sleeve like and this is perfect. Made a sleeve like and we'll make that sleeve like so since we're making it, it doesn't make a difference what we do it so. Is it more like ready sizes? It's yeah. I have ready. I have ready sizes, but I'll change it. You know what I mean. So if you don't know any better, which if you ask for you know a forty regular, we'll send you a forty regular jacket and a thirty six pant based on what you ask for. You know, so ask you either take two measurements or what measurements you normally buy, and we send it to them. Our, our pattern has been worked out so well that it fits ninety five percent of people on their shoe size. So if you're mm -hmm. a forty, our forty will pretty much fit you within like a ninety five to almost a percent from the beginning because like I said we, we learned from the alterations department where the patterns we got so damn good at it now because we know what each designer does differently to what works better with other things that doesn't work better with that so we reworked out master patterns to be like a completely universal pattern that fits most people very fit not like absurd in a sense you know what I mean like um it, it, it's a well-fitted piece you know we, we took like the average median of all people when recutting, like all, right, all the forties that we see come in from so and so brand are too big, and like the, you know, they're the bodies. Every single woman taking these jackets in, and then we realized like the, their pattern is just too big, and, and the sizing is not right. Their allowance is too much, and we played around with everything to get to like a kind of really good master pattern from the nice. start. A lot of data points. A lot of data points. A lot of data points, and we do this still like old school, like in our heads, you know. Like honestly, mm -hmm. it gets it's, it's kind of crazy. So when you're, when you're doing the, uh, the e-com, right, which Jay was talking about, like, does it convert? Are you selling, like, directly through, like, Instagram Marketplace or people come to your website? What's the mix? It's, 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 it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? It's, it's half, you know, half, they show, like, 85% on the charts. Like, 85% of it comes from social media. Most people are not buying it actually through Instagram. They're, they're clicking over to it to actually shop the website and then buying Okay. which is fine just the same you know what i mean but not buying actually through instagram i think i think in order for you to buy through instagram i think you have to have a really inexpensive piece because otherwise you're going to go to the site and look at something if you had something for 20 bucks or 30 bucks it's an easy buy through instagram versus you spending 500 a thousand or whatever the case may be you want to sit in front of a computer right. you want to either sit in front of a computer or like you know just actually go through their website and look at other things too before you actually yeah. commit to buying a more expensive item or like use a different browser rather than the, the Instagram default. Correct. Like purchasing Correct. a thousand dollar item. I wouldn't yeah. want to. Yeah. Right? So I mean, it's a little, little question, but, but if it was, if it was a $12 phone charger, you, you'd click that button a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah. it, I think a less inexpensive item will just sell easier that way than not. What's the most inexpensive item for CKC? That we have in store. Um, hmm. Cause you guys could be like the New York Rubinacci easily, right? Like a little bit of yeah, everything. Yeah. That's actually what we're like. That's the whole goal, right? It's kind of become not just a suit place. It's more of a um, brand lifestyle, right? It's yeah, more of a brand slash lifestyle. So it's a little bit of everything. So we have like things from umbrellas to gloves, to wallets, to bags, weekend bags, to shoes, to ties. It's a, it's like a, we curated, we took like one piece and then we kind of redesigned it and reconfigured it and then designed it and made it, produced it. Some of the stuff we produce, some of the stuff we don't produce and we kind of distributed it from that point. And it's becoming more of a lifestyle brand. So people are actually buying more than just the suits from us. They're buying a little bit of everything. Have you already started panning towards that? Like make your own pocket squares and ties and things like yeah, that? Yeah, that's what we have now. We have ties, pocket squares. We have uh, 
our own branded as your as your own as our brand as our as our own thing we have um we have umbrellas as well we have like these weekender bags that we like convert to garment bags we have see we have our sportswear which is coming out like next month which obviously the world is kind of shifting to more yeah sporty kind of casualist uh stuff so it's like our we're we're doing a hybrid street slash luxury kind of Go to the office. Well, then, then for for you, the it's thing. it's a lot more fun than than just being at Alice Taylor. Then oh right? my god, it's completely it's, this it's, brand, more, it's the creative. It brings the creative part of everything out versus being yeah. the machine part of it. You know, so the machine part now, I you know, I kind of stepped away from and have like somebody running it on a day to day basis. But like mm. the the creative part is now the fun part. Now it's more exciting. I think like the work. accessories part wasn't even in the idea at the first place. But, but like once you no. start a store. Then the accessories okay. part kind of came where correct, oh, correct. This guy correct. walked in and he couldn't afford a suit yet. Maybe he would have bought a pocket square if we had one. And then now they're like, exactly, exactly. And that's the that's the that's the key, right? So we my whole life doing the suits at LNS, we only did suits, and then we started we started dabbling with shirts here and there. But honestly, we were so damn good at suits, there was no reason to change anything, fuck yeah. with anything else. Like that's your shit, that's your niche. Do your thing, and just do that route. But then when you have a store, you have to fill it, you know. So you can't just have that. You yeah. have to have like a full-on experience. Otherwise, but sometimes filling it could be a could be a bad decision too, because then you then you get into something you didn't sign up for, which is fucking correct. Selling that's, why, umbrellas. that's why. That's why. That's why we curated like a small niche of it. Like it's kind of like not too many items. Like ideally, what people would buy to what looks good to be stylish, and that's it. Like just simplistic. Because otherwise, if you start fanning out, if you if you're become a tie store, you need to have hundreds and hundreds of ties. Yeah. And, and like, and when it comes to like neckwear, it's kind of an it, it's a it's it's kind of a it's, shitty situation. It's a meaning beast. like, it's a whole different piece. Because like, all right, say if I have a hundred ties sitting on the shelf, right? You come in and you shop and you pick out one tie, right? I love you go through all of them. Like that's the one I like. I buy that one. Now next time you come in, if I don't have those hundred ties changed, you know you didn't like it the first time you're not liking the sex on second time your eye automatically likes to what you like versus what's there so if you yeah. like visually if you didn't if it didn't catch your attention the first time it's not catching your attention the second time or the third oh, time oh you're so right oh yes yes you know what i mean so you have to have a constant rotation all the time all the time otherwise it gets stale to people because their visual is their visual they have that in their it's their persona in their head everybody has it you know what i mean it's it's you know, it's at anything. You, if you love the certain color of certain things, you tend to grab that color every single time. But the other colors will never be touched because it's not your thing. So how often are you rotating stuff on your in your retail space and just to keep the look not, fresh? Not much, not much. You know, here and there, we, we add, like we keep adding things to things, like I'm making a catalog of it. Like we're adding six, eight pieces at a time, but we're not taking away anything. Okay. Just adding adding more to it, so it kind of comes like a bigger catalog, so then people can shop the full on catalog. But for the most part, it's never taken away anything. It's just constantly more adding to it. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. No. Are you making belts? Like I, I suppose shoes are really easy for you because you guys are tied with Stefano Bemmer. Did you? Correct. Are you selling shoes now as well? We deal with Stefano Bemmer a little bit, but we also have another company that we deal with in Spain that makes the shoes for us too. That's like a full on, like kind of like a made to order situation. Oh, um, okay. and they're, 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 they're phenomenal based out of Spain, but, um, belts, I, I know, bet I you that you got turned on with their 3d and all that shit, right? Like I'm, I'm a fucking tech guy. That shit, I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I already I know shit. who you're talking about. Just because shit. of yeah, yeah. Yeah. you're a tech guy. Well, you know, I like, I like systematic things, right? Yeah. Obviously yeah. you know me enough that it, things have to be in place. Otherwise I get distorted. It has to be like, everything's gotta be in form and, and systematic. Otherwise I really, I, I get the strut. So they, 
if you do, if I deal with a factory, they have to be almost like very like, persistent with everything. Otherwise, yeah, because ordering something from abroad, the only thing that matters to a, a, a another business abroad is is their system. If their system is good, you you are already secure that your orders are not going to be fucked up. Correct, because you know what you're getting. Because you, you what you ask for is what you get, right? And, and, you yeah. know, what you're looking for is what's done. So we dabbled around with a few different things, and you know we tried so many different factories and so many different stuff for so the outsource work. And that's the problem that I have. I constantly have is because I'm such a control freak. And not everybody is like. So it's very tough to find something that works for everybody. Yeah, I think for me, I was an engineer previously. And so for me, systems are, are so important, right? Like everything I do is very. a system thing. Yep, very, very much so. It has to be. Otherwise, like I said, it becomes chaos. It mm. becomes chaos. So you have to have some kind of, some kind of uh, security in that part. Yeah, How absolutely. many years has it been at CKC now that you started CKC? CKC will be two years. And we opened the store two years on, uh, in November. We opened the store. So we had like a, we had the full on first year and then we had the second year and then we, we did like a whole Paris fashion show and then we came back and 10 days later, the world shut down. Oh, well, New York shut down, like legit, <laughs> the world shut down. And then we're, we're, here we are now, you know, six months later, eight months later. Will you be in pity when it, when it's open up again? You see, I don't know, man, I'm a little nervous about it. I would love to, but I don't know how February is. I'm, you know, with things going here, I don't know. You know, it, they it just send me a mail, there. you know, that they it's it's gonna be on. They're starting to I'm, sell. I, I am more I am more comfortable and confident with like fall of next year than spring of next year. You know, like I, I'm more I, I'm not I don't know if I'm comfortable going the next six months, but I'll be comfortable going a year. That kind of situation. Still can't believe how long this shit took. Like I thought, like the world was gonna shut down for two weeks and it's gonna be Correct. fucking rainbows and sunshine again. <laughs> Correct. Well, Italy's also in, in the midst of another wave now, too. Like they're, they're getting Italy hit. is totally, they're getting totally in another wave. You know I mean, we, like, we're obviously, I'm a very Italian family, so we have the Italian stations that we actually stream here. And all you see in the news is them really spiking up again, the same thing. Because yeah. they, they, they went nuts over the summertime, like everybody else did. They, they feel like everything kind of settled out a little bit. Everybody went out and played and got a little crazy then from that point. Was it Florence was their epicenter, right? That was the first big city to go? Pretty much was Florence. I think honestly, it, it was like right around Fashion Week, man. I think Fashion Week is what really did it over there. Yeah. Uh, that's like my my true gut feeling because literally during Fashion Week, things were starting to get really crazy, and I think I had so many international people there, and then kind of spiked out to everywhere else. Yeah, they tried to that. close the city. I remember, and people just like vacated the city because the news leaked. And... Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, I mean, so pity's gonna be pity's gonna be tough if they're thinking February. I mean, Jay, like, are you gonna buy tickets? Yeah, that's handshakes with so many fucking random people. So, I think that that's whole, not gonna happen. That's, yeah, <laughs> that whole culture is gonna change. I don't know how. Like, I mean, somebody just tagged me this morning. Like, oh, miss the world being back to normal where we can, you know, socialize and like sending uh, tagging a group picture of us. I don't know if I will like be be you know shaking hands with so many random people in pity. If so uh, you said you just got the email, Jay, how much is it to go? It's no, it's like fucking fifty dollars ticket or something. Like okay, that. so but, but right now it's probably nothing. Yeah, it's like, yeah right on top of that though, so if you leave Thailand, right, you might not be able to get back because they're not letting a lot of people in, even citizens. Yeah, and there's a mandatory two week quarantine at a uh, hotel, yeah, which is hell. Yeah. Honestly, all you gotta do, man, all you gotta do is just like take some pictures of yourself outside in a suit, and then have somebody Photoshop everybody <laughs> yeah. together, 
Yeah. And you guys will look like you're just in pity. You know, it's the same thing. As long as you get the picture in front of like the fountain and outside, you show that you were there. And nobody knows anything. You know? Yeah, throw, throw the job on five or be like, hey, some Italian guy, go take this photo of the fountain in the wall at pity. Correct. Yeah. Get all and your friends to take photos together. No, like now that I, I, I have a shop, it would actually be great to like pity is actually a fair where you get a lot of artisans go and show their work. Mm. And uh, you, as, as a shop, it will be great to like go and source different things. Like, like okay, now you have to do wallets and shoes yeah, yeah. and things like that, right? Pity would be a great place for you to see all of that. Because correct. all the CMT yeah, yeah. makers are all there. All there, correct. Correct. But they do it. I mean, they they were doing. They were had that. They had that here too in New York. It wasn't as big, obviously, as Pity. No, 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 no. The New York one is terrible. Correct. But at least you get a little bit of everybody in a sense. No, you do get a decent amount. You get a little bit of everybody. Dude, I was there at Pity and then went straight to that thing and then that CTDA. Which one? Which? Oh, that one. That one's garbage though. You gotta go to if you need buying stuff. You gotta go to Javits Center one, which is the Javits Center. You know what I mean? I went to the Javits Center one as well. Okay. Um, but it's, it's not nearly, it's not even one fourth of what you get at Pity. No, but you see, the thing is, the difference is, is Pity is more like you said, it's more like CMT manufacturers so that you can get like your own things versus like the Javits Center is all like brands reselling it. Like if you want to have like a boutique shop, yeah. you want to sell other brands besides you, that's the, that's the place to go to. You go there and you buy whatever the hell you want to buy there. Yeah. They want the hotel, three floors, maybe 20 yeah. vendors. You get a little taste of things, you know, and everything yeah. else you got to like play by ear. But yeah, Pity is the better one to go in a sense. But it's, like I guess right now I'm, I'm convincing you, Carl. I'm uh, like when it when shit is back to normal. You and Chris needs to be there. And I, I have no problem going. Honestly, I have no problem going. Like the, the, we we did the fashion like uh, we did a fashion week in Paris, and I'll make all the peacocks hug you. I'll say, "Big guy, New York. Big guy, New York." He's <laughs> <laughs> not gonna be able to get honestly, back into probably, the country. You know, they, no, they they probably they probably wouldn't even care, bro. Because I'm not like a, I'm Italian. I'm, I'm Italian American. Like I speak Italian, but over there I'm not Italian enough. Enough. Yeah. If a New yeah. York if a New York comes in, like what is this guy doing? Yeah, you know, like, do you speak yeah. Italian with an accent and you're like, oh, prego? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, like, por favor, coffee, por favor. They half of don't even understand me. I speak Sicilian, bro. So we're like, we're like, we're, we have like a completely different dialect. We're like the ghetto uh, against yeah. like the Italians. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes to them, like, we, we speak like gangster compared to them in a sense. Because like, Sicilians will have another language. They have language in a sense. Like a lot of the words are the same, the cognates the same, but the, a lot of the dialect is completely off, completely different. That's more what you grew up speaking with your dad, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. we were fully fully speaking Italian house, a Sicilian household basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, both my parents born and raised there, and they came here, and like I didn't know any English until I went to school. Like I learned English like in kindergarten, like cartoons. Like, you know, there was no English in the house. It was an Italian speaking household. I grew up in Rhode Island where there's more Italian Americans than any other uh, state per, per capita, like concentration wise in Rhode Island. And a lot of them speak like this sort of pigeon Italian. And so like, really? yeah, like they don't grow up speaking it, right? Most of them, well, like I, their family. I was like, going to say, it's probably, it's, they're, probably, they're probably like three generations out. Yeah, right? three or four generations in. Correct. But correct. Uh, in Rhode Island, everyone's like, oh, I'm super Italian. I'm so Italian, right? And like a lot of these people. And I remember I had a friend from Italy who met a couple of people who I knew who were like that. He's like, why do these people keep saying they're Italians? They're not Italian. Yeah, correct. We see it all the time. Those are the guys, those are the guys who got like the Italian flag tattoos on their arm and stuff. You know, you know <laughs> if you got an Italian flag tattoo on your arm, you're probably not Italian. Yeah. It's like one of those things. You I, I know a lot of guys who have Italian flag tattoos. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And, and like, like their parents were like not born there or they didn't come from there. And it's like my great grandmother was from Italy, you know, like like a basic name you know like they don't go anything crazy it's always yeah. the same yeah i thought i always thought like that part of it was funny and the, my italian friend like he's like what do you mean none of these people are italian why do they why don't they just say they're american yeah exactly exactly Carl, was it hard like joining your father's business um no my dad was very easy for the most part easy but strict right but that was like my dad growing up all my whole life you know he was always an easy father and seemed more tougher on the outside than he was realistically yeah. but no working for him like I, I went there I was like kind of like a helper like basically I started working there I was 20 and like I started sewing a little bit of my hand here and there but I was more like answering phones kind of get things organized uh, sweep the shop put everything in order like nothing really when it came to actual physical work or fitting anybody like my dad that was the one thing he wouldn't let me do he wouldn't let me like fit a person for, like the first two years of me working there and so oh, like man. I got completely confident to actually like pin somebody even to shorten a pair of pants It took, it took me two years before I even did that. Like, honestly, he would not let me. Do you think it took too long? Or are you, would you do the same? No, it's probably, you know, at the point in time, you're obviously pissed. Like, all right, let me just get this shit done. Like, the guy's sitting here waiting. Let me just pin his pants. Let me get the stuff and smooth things. And, like, I have to stop him to come out to do things. It, it was annoying to me at the point in time, but it's probably the smarter thing to do because otherwise you really wouldn't learn the same. You had to watch it a thousand times in order to get it right and figure out why Like my father pinned that way for that way. What, what, what is he doing for that? And then ask him afterwards. And he'd be like annoyed, like, won't you pay attention? He's like, look what I did. The guy's, the guy's got a hump shoulder. Look at the way his shoulder is. We're going to bring this part up. And do that. I'm like, okay, now I get it. And then I had to figure it out. And then the other like completely figure the whole, understand why and what. And then to the point in time, now it gets to a point where it's annoying that I can't like watch TV without looking at a garment and looking at like shit. That fucking sleeve, like showing that fucking sleeve, that fucking sleeve, the cop. Oh my god, a collar gap. It drives me nuts. You know, I'm looking at him like, right. oh my god, the jack, the jack is flying off at him. I'm like, put that, put a fucking clip in the back or something. I'm like, this is driving me crazy. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't watch movies with guys in suits and TV suits. I can't do it. I can't no. do it. It drives me crazy. It's hard to turn it off, man. You never seen that show, Suits? I, I actually have not watched it just for that reason because it would drive me crazy. I probably, honestly, and they look like they fit good by the pictures and stuff. And they probably do. They fit good. They, they fit you know, good. They, I'm sure they are. And honestly, it, but it would probably drive me crazy because I'd find something like, you know, there's something wrong. There's got to be something wrong. Like, that's wrong. Something's wrong. Like, it would it would it'd be, a, it'd be a mental thing more than anything. It would be. What, how about for you? I mean, because you see uh, really interesting styles all day, but you said you also see a lot of like the blues, the grays, like the very like, look good but not stand out stuff but for you personally what if you're making a suit for yourself what do you like like what do you pick like what do you gravitate toward i don't i'm honestly um i'm the same i'm kind of the same way you know maybe i like plaids I, i'm more of a sport jacket pant guy it, it, you know full-on suits it's they're just not it's not my vibe honestly I, i'm more i like being more casual i'll wear jeans i'll wear pants and then a blazer like, i love cool blazers okay. that, that's what gets me every single day So what's your vibe with the blazer? What what are your what are your go-to details? I'm a pretty straight, simplistic person. I do like wider lapels, you know what I mean? So it's it's a wide notch or a wide peak, usually patch pockets, double vents. I'm simple. You mean unstructured? I don't like any shoulder pads. I don't like anything in there. One button actually. I, I I've been I I've been, I've been going more one button with single breasted. DBs I I I I, I don't I'm not a fan of DBs on myself. I just I love DBs. I love the visuals of it. But me wearing a DB, I just don't like the way I look in it. I almost don't even wear them. Like, I have a few pieces in it, but in general, it ends up being, like, my last thing I grab out of the closet. 
I feel like the one buttons are gonna make a comeback. Like, guess the, the if if you do that silhouette with the more curve. One, the one buttons actually, if you if you think about it, it actually makes more sense, right? So you, yeah. if you do if you do a three button or a two button roll on three, right? If you the the middle button placement on a say you know or the top button on a two button is too high for your belly on most people. Yeah. So it it, it pulls away the front of the jacket. It's a weird position, and you're never gonna button the top button, and you're never gonna button the bottom button. So why not yeah. just make a one button and just drop that middle button down a little bit to be a little bit longer, elongated. Should be right. And it should at look your... a little taller. It should look a little more slimmer. It's just a better visual because you only yeah. close one button anyway. So what's the difference if you're gonna close the jacket? You know, so it's it doesn't make sense to have. I feel like that. I like the elongation. I like the way people look. It makes you look a little bit taller and, and slimmer. A guy who likes systems. That is not a surprising answer from. No, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, it it just it just makes more sense. It's more, it's yeah. more practical. Because it's also all about the visuals, right? It, it doesn't matter what it is. Everything's got to look clean, right? So, if you know, if you everybody wants to look a little bit taller, everybody wants to look a little bit slimmer. So, you got to figure out the best way to kind of make that work. So, like patch pockets kind of make you look a little slimmer because there's no flap coming out. So, you kind of have to play around with things to make things look your best that you're in with the person you're making for. Look aesthetically right. Correct. So, yeah. you know, every body type makes a difference. So, this guy's going to look better in this, and this guy's going to look better in that. And you got to play off of that. and if the guy's like a little bit overweight, he wants to make him look a little slimmer, then you got to try to make him look slimmer. And you got to make that person, whoever you're putting in, to make him the best visual of that piece, period, on, on him. So you got to, you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little, little bit of a learning curve. But once you kind of get the person, get the visual of it and get the play of it, they, they love it. You know I mean? It's, it's hard, sometimes it's hard for them to change their mentality. They're so used to like a small lapel or something. And you, you like, lips, let me just try this out. I'm like, if you don't like it, I'll change it. But trust me, let me just try this out. They'll end up doing it, and then every single piece they have, they fucking hate. Like, everything's opposite. Like, shit, this one looks so damn good to me now. I got, like, I walked out in the office, and, like, they'll call me sometimes. Like, three people stopped me and said, the suit looks freaking crazy. He's like, I made 50 suits with you. How come this is the first one? I'm like, well, you finally listened to me. We changed a little bit. And now look at you. I'm like, this is, like, what you are. Like, I can only convince you so much. You know, I'm making it. You're paying me. But I can only convince you so much to try something that we think was going to look better for you. But, you know, it's, it's hard for people to get that you know, get that idea out of the head that somebody else kind of has an expertise of it. They want to, when it comes to style and fashion, they want to pick their own thing and kind of like, no, this is my, this, I know I'm going to look best in this, but they don't, they don't see bodies and do bodies all day long. You don't like, you don't ask a jeweler like to cut a certain ring a certain way. Cause he's going to look at you like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like that's their field. Let me do my field. You do your field. You know, do you prefer customers to know what they want or do you prefer customers who know nothing at all and ask you way too much? That's a really good question. It's it's easier when it got people know what they want. Like I have customers that come in like which like, series like spreadsheets. Yeah, like, like the you know, guys who have been like fucking eighteen tailor shops oh, in their life. Correct. And they know exactly. Somebody somebody else. Somebody else. Some some of them could be a pain in the ass some, too. Yes, correct. Well, those they become more picky with the actual fit because they they they've done this a thousand times where they know what they want, but they don't mm. know how to. But that's the problem is that sometimes they know too much and they don't know what they actually looks best to them to what they actually want they like the ideas of things but the, they, they don't know how to execute it so they can't even they can't even tell you how they execute it so you have to read their mind like all right i need to do this because he wants to look like this instead of that you know so we have to take in the chest a little bit more make him a little slimmer here because he's saying that you know he's catching his arms with the lower down so it's a very hard play with some of those guys the the people don't know what they're doing are scary too because then depending what you give them it might be too far out of their box that they get too scared and nervous so you have to yeah, be really yeah. simple with that. Because some, 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 sometimes those guys, like the guys who are too polite to, to say no, when you re recommend something,
thing. But then in their head, they still want to say no. They just didn't they're have. They're scared. They're scared shitless. Yeah, they're scared shitless. Like the guys like, who right. take eight hours to select a fucking blue shade, you know, <laughs> like, oh, is right. this too dark or is this too right. light or right. or should I do gray? Let me ask my girlfriend, and then a fucking girlfriend comes uh, in, and it's like another hour. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it's got it got to the point where we do is now when it gets to that point, I'm like, all right, so this is what we're gonna do. I don't need the book for the rest of the week. I'm gonna send it home, take it home with you, go through your own house. Pick out what you want, and then we'll like, put like a sticky note on there, and I'll send a messenger to pick it up from you because I don't, you know, like we can't be here all day long, you know. Like, tell yeah. me what you want, we'll yeah. figure it out after the fact because those guys will be there for hours, for hours. Yeah, like you said, it's about the look, right, and the aesthetic. Like I think, like you said, some people are in love with certain ideas, but it just won't work for them. I would love to have a suit with skinny lapels, but I've got a fifty-six inch chest, and it's just never going to happen. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Listen, the, the skinny lapels only work if you're like six four to 135 pounds. Exactly. So if you're tall and skinny and you're the slim as hell, the skinny lapels work for you. Other than yeah. that, it, it's, it's not a good look. It makes everybody. It, it makes everybody look like almost bigger than what they are because it's so much like real estate between the shoulder and the lapel. It, yeah. it gives you more of a jacket look. It makes you look bigger, and it just it, it's a. If, if you're trying to avoid that, you want to go the other way around. You want to look slimmer, not thinner, yeah. you know, not bigger. You know, so it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird play over that. Like I said, that's definitely not my body type. So I know like, it's just never going to happen. No, it's, and I'm happy you know that. Cause like I said, most people don't, and you got to <laughs> tell them like, no, you know, we should do this instead. Like, yeah. Listen, I've done this a thousand times. And that's, that's the one thing I think people love is that we're, we're very honest. I'm not, when people come in and they're asking like the opinion, we give you the straight, no bullshit, no frills answer. Cause if I lie to you to make you try to feel like you know what you're doing or you pick the right thing and it comes out and you hate it, it's going to be on me, not you. Yeah. So we try to like, we try to give you the right direction. Like, oh, listen, this is what you should do, but it's up to you in the end. But I think you should do this instead. I, I try to like secretly insert it in their head that it was their idea versus your idea. Yeah. In a sense. Make them think they came up with this genius idea. Correct. Because otherwise, otherwise, you know, it's too far out of their box. Like, you know, and they're like, oh, I never assured this. I'm not happy with it. You know, at the end of the day, no one's going to return it, but it's just more of, they won't stop. They won't come back to you anymore because they yeah. feel like I did wrong. Yeah, they feel like it didn't work out for whatever reason. Correct. And now I'm just. I'm, and now at this point, I'm a terrible tailor. That's how yeah. it comes in their head. Like you know, they didn't get me right. Yeah. And that, and I'm sure that's a case for a lot of people. You know, but uh, you know, our dropout rate is very low. We try to keep everybody consistent. You know, that's what we, we try. All you can do, right, is try sometimes. That's, that's always. Listen, my my father had like a saying. He's like, "What makes you a good tailor at the end of the day is you deliver the clothes." Other than that. You're not a good tailor. He goes, you could be the guy that does all the handwork in the world. You can be the guy that does the best shoulder in the world. If the customer's not happy, he's not happy. So you just got to make everybody happy. That's the whole, that's the end game. Just yeah. make them happy and you're a good tailor. That's it. Win-win. Win-win for everybody. Win-win for everybody. Carl, we have these, uh, these 10 questions that we like to run through with, uh, with our guests. It builds a little baseline for us. And we like to mm -hmm. round out the, uh, the episodes with these. So I'd like to run through these with you. Go for it. And of, of course, you know, the first one, you know, we want to talk about is when did you first know you had an interest in menswear or men's style? Probably after like being in my dad's store, like after like six, eight months, I started actually liking it. Because, okay. you know, we, I, grew up, I grew up in Long Island. So I was in Long Island. You know, we know one really dressed up in suits every day. You only went suits in like a, when a, you had a wedding affair or an event or something. Yeah. Sometimes you actually dressed up. Otherwise, you were completely casual suburbs. So once I started working with him and I was in the city every day, it became different. Everybody was dressed up. We walked outside the streets. Everybody was dressed up. You, you saw the opposite. You saw less jeans than you saw all suits, especially where we live, where the everybody we live, it's all working people. 
So literally everybody was dressed up and I started like really admiring things. Like, now I get it. I understand this. Now I understand that. Now I understand this. Like I had an idea, but now you actually really get it. You know, and out here in the suburbs, it's completely opposite. So once, once I started doing that, I think like probably took about a year or so before I really started falling in love with it. Like this is actually kind of cool. Like I kind of tripped into my dad's place and then now I've been there 17 years. Yeah. It was that you didn't really have a love for it going in. It was the exposure to it that built it. For no. You. No, I think I think when I was like ten, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be a tailor. My dad's like, no, you're not. He's like, just go to school. Just like, go, go to school, do what you gotta do, and then, then do what you gotta do. And then like, I was working somewhere, I had a really good job, and then I got laid off. And he's like, so why don't you come work with me for a little while? I, like, I need some help. Like, he's answering the phone, like doing nothing. He's like, come, come to the city. Hmm. And that's where it started. I started working with him and doing that, and then I never left. Nice. Yeah, it's it's yeah. cool how it kind of grew into you, even though you were around it your whole life, right? Because your dad was a tailor. Always. Always, my dad made me suits. The kid, you know, like every time I had like jeans that like too long, he shorten them. I bring them in, they shorten them for me. Like it was always like my dad would alter my clothes, and yeah. you know, it was it was a constant thing. We always had altered clothes our whole lives, and always everything was always fitted. But we didn't really, you didn't really, I didn't know anything different, right? It's, yeah. a, it's like a it's like a person growing up with money, right? If you're extremely come from a really wealthy family and you're living with money, you don't really know what you really have, right? Because you, you think you think you assume everybody has it because you grew up with it. But then once you start to realize other things, like, oh, shit, like, oh, this, no, I'm, I'm actually really rich and you're not, you know, it, it becomes yeah. a different mentality. Nice. Uh, obviously, the next one, we, we talk about mentors and obviously you grew up, you know, around your dad, right? But did you have any other mentors in the industry? Honestly, no, my dad, my dad's a really well-rounded person. Honestly, he's, he's, he's very informative. He's not, he's extremely modest. He's not like, you know, most typical tailors. Jay, I'm sure you've seen a thousand times, yeah. a thousand people. They're very arrogant people, and everyone's yeah. like, everyone's the best guy. He does the best thing. He's the best at that. It's, it's constant competition of everybody wants to be the goat. Everybody wants to be that guy. Everybody does, you know. So it, my dad's like, no, I don't care. I'm good. You know, this is I'm happy where I am. This is the place I am. I know what I can do, and I'm capable of. And let's just stay steady with that. And we're just we keep it consistent with that way. And that's the I think that's the he when it comes to that he's yeah he's my mentor on that part honestly. Nice. You know, and obviously, you know, fabric is one of the things we oh, anyone in the industry talks about, right? Regardless if you're a tailor or a streetwear designer, right? You're, you're talking about fabric, Correct. you know, and we've all got favorites, but if you could pick just one, right? Like if you only had to, for yourself, use one fabric, what would that be? Like cloth type, you say? Yeah, or like cloth type. Some, yeah. Or origin situation. Because it'd, it'd be, for me, it'd be like more the Italian cloths more than anything. It became origins. Clothing-wise, I love cotton. You know what I mean? I love, like, dress shirts. I, I, that's the best feeling for me. I love shirts. Um, I don't know. That's, it's a, that's a hard question, man, honestly. I gotta, yeah. I, it's, it's a lot. It's hard to pick. It's like picking your favorite child, you know? You can't pick, like, just one, right? Yeah. There's, there's, you, love, you love one of everything. I mean, there's a best of that. There's a best of this. There's a best of that. And once you kind of know what you love, you just kind of stick with it. It's hard to it's say pursuits, one, Pursuits, you say you like more a blazer vibe, right? So... When it comes to like, me dressing up, it's more, for me, yeah, it's definitely more of a blazer vibe. I love, like, Italian wool blazers. Wolstick linens are amazing. I love, too light for me for our New York winters, but the rest of the 10 months a year, I, that's what I'm wearing. I'm wearing, like, either wool, silk, and linen, or just these kind of lightweight wools. I, I tend to feed more towards the Italian stuff than the English stuff. I just like the soft feel. The English, for me, like, the English fabrics look the best when it's made up. But I don't like the feel of it. Like it's the most structured, so it makes yeah. it makes everybody look good, no matter what you yeah. what you look like. It makes yeah. it makes everybody look good. That's the, that's the beauty when it comes to English cloth. But the Italian cloth is obviously more delicate and more harder to work with. Yeah. That's a very it's interesting point. That's you know, true. It's, but it's, it, it's it's harder to work with. It's harder to deal with. It's got more puckers here and there because it's so soft and light. But it has a, the best feel to it. 
when you know when you put on a light jacket, it's the best feel. When you it feels like you're not wearing anything, I feel yeah. like I did my job. Like you know, it, it becomes like a second skin. Like it feels good, it's light, it, it flows, and you kind of just moves with you. And you can never get that. I feel like with an English squad, I tried it my own self, my own things, and tested. I just Very it doesn't true. work for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I I love the look of tweed. I obviously not wearing tweed in Bangkok. No, definitely not. I would assume. I would hope not. Actually, <laughs> unless you know you got some kind of a uh, cool affair to go to. You know, Jay does, it. but I don't. <laughs> Jay will rock anything though, so it doesn't matter. Jay will, Jay will go double-breasted tweed, middle of the summer in Bangkok, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> to a strip club. Well, the strip club, uh, the aircon is really cool in there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So at least if you, you obviously you're probably cold when you're wearing the tweed jacket in some place, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's enough in that. What's it personally for you of of everything in, that you have menswear wise? What's your favorite piece that you own? It's a good one. The vapor, pretty much, right? <laughs> uh, I no, actually, I do have, I do have this Vicuna jacket which I bust out probably once a year, which I do have. I bought, I bought it from North Carolina like many years ago, and it sat in my house for probably five years before I actually made anything with it. Okay, you bought the fabric or you bought the jacket? I bought the fabric. I made the jacket. Oh, okay. I I didn't know how I wanted to do it. I sat in the fabric. Probably, I tell you, I think I sat in the fabric for five years. Before I made something, but I bust it out once a year, and I'm I I don't touch anything. I don't <laughs> like I don't I don't get involved in anything. I, I don't eat that day. I like I don't want to fuck it up, you know. But that's probably my favorite piece. I think um, that and jeans, bro. I love jeans. I'm a jean guy. You're I really guy. do. Mm-hmm. I I I'm a lo- I love jeans. I do my own personal feel for it. I do love them. I love different washes of them. I love the stuff. I'm not a fanatic like some of these people. Like they freeze the shit and they. They wash it only once a year. That shit, yeah. no, that that I don't do. No, when do they're dirty, this. you wash them. <laughs> no, I wash them every time I fucking wear them. Yeah. I wear them, I wash them. I wear them, I wash them. I, I, I can't have that. Yeah, the funk. I can't have that. Yeah, I can't have that. No, yeah, way. I'm a denim no guy way. too. I love I love working with denim. I love making stuff with denim. I mean, you know, sourcing different denims from all over the world. I mean, yeah, I, I get you on that. No, me too. I, you know, I, I make I make actually like suits out of them. I never wear the whole thing together, but I'll wear suits. I'll make suits out of them. I'll, I'll rock the blazer then with like a pair of like tan pants, and I'll have the, the pants, the jeans, and I'll rock it with a shirt and a different blazer. But like I'll I'll make them. As, I make suits out of them, like legit suits, but never wear them together. So th- this actually leads into our our next question quite nicely. Is uh, is it ever okay to wear denim on denim on denim on denim? You know what? Honestly, if you layer it correctly. I don't think it could be a suit situation, but if you layer denim correctly, you probably can get away with it. Like it's it's got to be layered right. It's got to be like different colored denims. It can't be the same uniform denim. Different but textures. I think if you do it right, different textures, maybe different colors. Like if you do like a pair of white jeans with a light light colored denim shirt and a darker denim jacket, oh, you can do it all day long. I think so. I don't I don't feel anything wrong with that if you play it off right. So, but no Canadian tuxedo where it's like no stone focus. wash, stone no. wash, stone wash. No, no, not like that uh, iconic, like, Justin Timberlake picture with him and Britney Spears wearing, like, a whole <laughs> denim outfit. None of that shit. No. None of that. No, not no, happening. None of that. Not happening. I won't, you know, if you make it, I probably will. Come on, it. we'll find some old pictures in the 90s of you doing that. <laughs> no, in the 90s, no, I was, I was wearing, like, Jenko pants at that point, man. Those things were quite <laughs> That's enormous. even worse. You know those pants? You remember those pants? Those pants had, like, like 45-inch bottoms on there. Yeah, I had, so pair. <laughs> I had a pair. I had a pair. You know? You know, they, I think everybody had a pair at that point. Yeah. In time. It was one. Of, it was a. It was a fad thing. You know, as growing up as a kid, that was a fad, like anything else. Then as I got older, I feel like the fads all disappeared. It's like, all right, let's find a style and let's keep a style together. Yeah. The, the, the fad in and out it drove me crazy. 
Because growing up, I was, I was that kid. Like every single time something new came out, I'm like, I had to have it. I'm still yeah. to this day, actually, like the same way. It was something new or something cool, but I need that. I don't think twice lands should pick it up and I buy it. I'm crazy like that. Jenko pants. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I, I, had a, I had a couple pairs back in the 90s. <laughs> Those things are huge, man. Like 50 inch ankle hole. Yeah, definitely, for sure. If not larger, if not larger, the amount of the amount of money in denim, yeah, you'd be you'd be you'd be picking shit if you were selling denim at that point in time in your life. Right. The the, the, the width of that was unbelievable. It was double width. Every single yeah. pants was double width. Absolutely amazing. I'm still hoping for people to come back to Zoot Suit so that I can sell more fabrics. You, you, you need to. You need to. Jay's been pushing the Zoot Suit for a year now. Because <laughs> you need at least seven yards for a suit. In, it has in, to be. Uh, that, yeah, could be could be six and a half or close to it, man. You know, you need a lot of fabric for that thing. Double yeah, we don't need to piece. educate people that it's six and a half. <laughs> I'm, trying help, I'm trying to help you out here, bro. I'm trying to help you out here. Jay's like it's eight seven. minimum. <laughs> eight minimum. Yeah, yeah. Slow and, steady wins, slow, and steady, slow and steady wins the race, you know? Like, like, yeah. You'll learn. You'll learn. You'll now, learn. I know you said you're a fan of uh, fabrics from Italy. You know, but how about tailoring styles? Like when you look at like what you prefer and like what, what you see popular in the – in the shops like british italian or american yep. tailoring like wh where do you where do you like to see it going where do you see customers going see that's a tough question because I, I actually like a little bit of everybody's like visuals you know what i mean so like i love i love the italian shoulders but i love the chest of the british stuff like the, the, where, the where the scoop of the chest is you know like yeah. i like a little i like a little i, I kind of that's how we do it is we kind of mix everybody together we don't have like an italian look or an english look we're kind of like our own look that we kind of blended everybody together. And I feel like everybody's got pluses and minuses, right? And certain people do something really good and certain people do something not so good for my likings, yeah. which, you know, it, it's just, a, it's a preference thing. So once you want to find your niche of it, I, like I said, I feel like the Italians have softer, better feel to it. Like I, I love the lighter weight clothes that are soft on the shoulders, but I love the, like the chest and the cleanness of the, and the waistline of the British suits, but I hate the flair of it. But so I go, I'll go a little more like it's like my if you look at my jacket it's like Italian English Italian English like a little bit of everything like mixed into one so okay. I, I wouldn't say I have a necessarily preference of one it's probably multiples at that point but it, it's best it's best of of each one how about your customers do you see them sort of migrating in a certain direction like what are the data points on that it's mostly they're they're they most people I think migrate 85 percent of New Yorkers or people who shop for us I think will feel like they're more Italian more than anything. Like if you're a Salvaro guy or you love the British look, don't come to us. They just, they, they would go at that point. If you're that guy, you're going to a British tailor. You yeah. know, like they just, it, it, you want the Brit you want a British look, you're getting that look and you go there and you know that, you know, you don't go to an Italian guy and be like, listen, can you give me an English looking suit? And if you go on that, do that in Italy, they laugh at you. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. Go, go, go to London. You know, they're not here. Not, you know, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even want to deal with you at that point. So I, yeah. and, 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 and the same thing, vice versa. If I, you know, I asked my boy, like Edward Saxon, like, you know, can you give me like a soft shoulder? He'd laugh at me. I'm like, who are you talking about? No, I just structure shoulders all day long. And like, that's, mm. once they stick with they, what they love, most tailors like that. You know, they, they have their visual look and they don't change. That's one thing that I, I love doing though. I love changing. I love when somebody comes in, like I, I want like a Tom Ford look, as they say, which is really traditional British, like structured shoulders. I'll do that too. We'll make it. It doesn't matter. I mean, since we're all tailors, we can do both sides of it. We're not specialty on one. But if you, most people who do something, they stick with one. They're like, all right, I want the English. I do only English stuff or I do only Italian look. They don't really do both, I feel like. 
how would you define the the sort of classic American tailoring aesthetic? Like if you had to define an American aesthetic for tailoring, not British, not Italian, how as a as a New York tailor, small, right? I think there's no one better to sort of US tailoring is is very small percentage of people. It's very boxy. Brooks Brothers is the prime example of what traditional American tailoring is. It's um, it's a suit that you wear to work. It's not, no one cares about it. You don't look good in it. It's just something you dress in. You know, it's not fitted. It's not, doesn't have a style to it. It's just strictly business and that's it. Like blend in, you're a robot going to work every single day and that's your cartoon character and that's your guy every single day and don't change. That's it. That, that's, that's for American, for American tailoring, that's all it is. There's no, there's no change. Like it's very, that line killed Brooks Brothers right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. It's it's so it's, fucking. It's it's it's. it's I can uh, it's, imagine that like fucking robot life, uh, right there. That's Japanese like, salaryman Correct. I like I'm a cartoon character. It's like you ever see like Lego Movie? It's like the guy yeah. goes to work every single day. He's walking to work. It's like, <laughs> like all cartoon characters in this in this world of that's what it is. And and that's if you go to Brooks Brothers and you're shopping there, most likely you're that guy. You know, like that's that's your visual. You know, but I think that's why the kind of world changed because most people, that's why Brooks is going on there, unfortunately. But, you know, um, they don't like change. And that's, that's been the American look forever. Then they try to be like the style of fashion-y, trendy stuff, which that works for a small percentage of people. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the stuff that's scary out of the box is what people don't, you know, they, they like the visual appeal of it, but they'll never buy it for themselves. Yeah, they're not going to Brooks Brothers for that. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Definitely not. They'll, they'll shop like something like a product, something like that, which is a little more crazier yeah. with styles and designs. But it's a small percentage of people. It's interesting. It's interesting. Brooks Brothers definitely sent a hitman out for you, for sure. <laughs> um, they probably have, honestly. I, would, I, don't, I don't doubt that. After that line? They were, they were going on the way before I said anything. My, yeah. my line's not going not gonna to affect them that much yeah. at this point. It's true, right? I think I think someone just bought them out. I think a hedge fund I just heard bought them out. No, I'm mistaken. Really? I could be wrong. Yeah, I think a hedge fund came in and like bailed them out, but they're like closing still like half the stores and whatever. The hedge fund bought them because they're afraid to not be able to get their Brooks Brothers suits to go to the office every day. You know, you're probably <laughs> about right. You're probably about right. They're, they're like blue suits with their check shirts and their you know the little vest they wear underneath, and they'll never have it again. <laughs> they're, they're, they're probably scared. They're probably scared. They're scared. Like quick cut that check. They, they, bought, they, bought, they, bought, they bought them and they bought that vineyard vines at the same time. You know, it's the same. It's the same, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. <sighs> they, had, they had secure. They had secure their manufacturing at that point. Is there a, is there someone who you look up to from a style perspective? There's a tough one. That's really hard. For a style perspective, it's got to be. I'd probably say somebody like Ralph Lauren, honestly. But who, yeah. But he. But he's he's uniform to multiple things. That's the that's the that's the tricky part of that question in a sense because I I do look at his stuff. But he nailed every look. From cowboy to Savile Row, all in one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean? I don't think anybody's ever done that in that kind of aspect. So I would have to say him if I had to say anything. He's he's gotten every single visual and every single look from beginning to end. He nailed. Yeah, that's true, right? From purple label to double RL, right? Everything's like spot Plus, on. Every, everything's spot on. You know I mean, he he definitely curated a a whole full on lifestyle of. Like I said, if you were a cowboy and you wanted to look good as a cowboy, he got that look for you. If you yeah. were a businessman working at work every single day, it's fine. If you worked in fashion and you had to be in the fashion world every single day and you wanted to be trendy, he got that look too as well. He yeah. had a little bit of everything from one to the other. Absolutely, yeah. 
Strong answer, right? Ralph is the probably the guy who you just can't argue if someone throws him out there as an icon, you right? Can't, you can't you you can't argue, you can't say anything bad about him. You know, he he made ready to wear ready to wear. Definition right? he, of an he, icon, right? You look it up in the dictionary, there's and, Ralph. And there's gonna be and there's gonna be nobody ever again to do that again. It's, it's not happening. It's, yeah. I mean, he came in he came at the right time where the ready to wear wasn't there and he produced these visuals that people had never seen before because everyone was doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, wow, I can do something a little more fun. And he literally changed everything. He changed everything. The blueprint. And the blueprint, of, exactly. The blueprint of the rest of the world for when it comes to ready to wear. On the opposite end of the spectrum, is there anyone new in the game who like really, who, who inspires you or who, who like you think is like really in the next few years going to blow up? See, that's kind of tough though. Cause it's, there's a few people that have some decent styling, but like, it's hard to say when you're coming from a tailor's perspective, right? It, everybody that's doing it is not really, it's hard to find a, a uniform person, right? To be either a designer or a tailor. You can never really be both, right? You're either one or you're the other. So, you know, most companies, it, it, like they nail one thing right, but the other thing's wrong, right? The visuals look great, but the work, the, the clothing shit, you know? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. You know, like, let's, let's put it like, like suit supply, right? Suit Supply nailed the look, man. They, they, the visuals were great. They nailed the whole look, but the clothes are made like shit. You know, they, 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 but they changed the way people think about clothing and ready to wear. Like they, they, the price points are so damn low that it, was, it almost became disposable for what it was. You know, so they didn't care. You know, if, if, if you're a person who cares about how the clothing is made, you'll shop Suit Supply all day long. The visuals are great. You look good and you're fine. If you care a little bit, then they'll, they'll go the next bump up and that becomes like a custom piece from that point. Like is they, they literally changed the whole game that we actually had to lower our price points to try to like almost not compete with them, but like, cause people got so used to spending less money on clothing that it was okay with it. It was harder for us to like justify what we did to what they have. You know what I mean? I don't know how the best way if I can explain it right, but it, it was very difficult. They actually changed, they changed the game by a lot. In a sense. No, but is there a new like, kid on the block in the custom clothier business that you kind of see uh, or you're looking at? In the U.S., there's nothing. Not that I've seen in the U.S. You know, I mean, I, I follow some people on Instagram. There's one guy who I love, the guy in Italy. Uh, I follow him on Instagram. Uh, the only something, he's got that place that uh, Bottega something. What is it called? Uh, the guy who's like known to be the Spritzatura guy? The, the guy the, who does this, uh, thumbs up? or, or Oh, oh no, Leonida. No. In, in, yes. In, oh. But he's got everything. That's super cool. He's super cool. He's 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 like every suit is spot on. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got he's got a great he's got a great visual, great look. He's got a great vibe about him. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know how new he is. So you're saying new? I don't know how new he is. Honestly, because he's across the world, we don't don't really do anything together in a sense. But he he's in Puglia. He's in Puglia. Yes, correct. I think he's opening up another one. If I'm mistaken, uh, somewhere else. I think he's opening another one. I follow him on Instagram because. Like I said, his visuals are spot on, you know, and his, and his feet is very cool to watch. I, I do like yeah. him. You know, yeah. he's, got a great, he's got a great vibe to him. So it's uh, Leonida from Bodega del Mot. That's yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. that's him. Nice. That's that, a good answer. The, that's a good pick. Like, he's a cool, yeah. cool and, you know, and you know, honestly, and the cool part about it is like his style almost like reflects our visuals. Like yeah, yeah. We're definitely close in line. Like he's yeah. my... He's my, he's like Christopher Corey in Italy, you know, like, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. He's, got, exactly. He's, he's like, he's got the other yeah. vibe to him, you know, and it works yeah. very well, but no, yeah. I think of anybody other than ourselves, it'd be them. You know, I think it'd be him. I do I love the way his look is. I don't I never seen one of his suits. I never seen him in person. I never seen, never met him, but visually. Yeah. Him. 
at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Now I know that you, you're a jeans and blazer guy, obviously, but you you work mm-hmm. you you have a few tailor shops, so it's like you have two shops, so it's like you're, you're dressing people well. How formal do you think a guy should be on the on a daily basis? It's, it depends how you're asking me. If you ask me prior COVID or, or after COVID, you know. In general, now, I mean, is it like in general? In general, like, is I there a baseline? Wear a suit. You don't have to wear a suit every day, but definitely cleanness is what it needs to be, right? Whether, like, I hate when jeans are too long or pants are too long and they're they're tripping on them. I mean, if you look clean, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. I don't care if you're wearing a a T-shirt, a blazer, and and jeans, or if you're wearing pants and a a blazer, or if you're just wearing pants and a shirt. The visual, you know, that part doesn't bother me. As long as everything fits correctly and it looks great, I, I don't care how you own it. You know, I think if you own what you're wearing, it doesn't make a difference what it is. Nice. You know, as long as you, you feel confident enough to wear it, then it, yeah. it looks great. The vibe is fine. I'm, I'm good with all the vibes. It's, it's about nothing, having the right details and dialing it in. It's correct. Correct. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, as long as you can curate the whole thing together to make it all look in coherence with each other, I think it looks great. It doesn't, nothing bothers me. They're like, oh, this guy's looking like an ass. No, it, that doesn't bother me. As long as you kind of nail the whole thing together, then that's awesome. Put in the effort, basically, is what you're saying, right? Correct. 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 Nice. Now, the last one in our, in our series of 10, if you could give one piece of style advice to your younger self, what would it be? That's a good question. Hey, we work hard on these questions, of course. Yeah. It's all good questions. It's all good questions. <laughs> <laughs> We spent over five minutes on designing these questions, so at least seven. Let's be honest, bro. I was gonna say, be honest. It was like six and a half tops. You know what I mean? Like, let's just be very real. Let's be very real. As you were typing it, you were like filling it out, weren't you? All in order. All in order. Um, I was definitely more of a slouchy dresser. I didn't know any better, right? I think everybody. Think you know anything until you start knowing, right? It's it's yeah. so. You have to see it more often. I mean, at, the, at the tailor shop, we used to see it all the time, right? A guy, we just started from the job and he got a suit. Then he was buying, wearing this, like, you bought like three suits from, like, for $100 somewhere, whatever the hell he was going around to. And he was wearing those to the office. So finally, someone's like, you have to go to the tailor, man. You got to fix the suit up, whatever. That person comes in, they retailer it, they fix it. All of a sudden, everything they've ever owned prior, shit looks like shit. Yeah. You know, like, oh shit, this is what, this is where it's supposed to be. Yeah. The aha, the aha movement like changes right there, and then yeah. you'll see that guy come in sporadically now for the next year, year and a half, bringing every single piece of clothes that he buys in the store to be altered, to like shortening a pair of underwear to whatever, just because it becomes like an infatuation of how you feel when things are fitted correctly. So I probably would tell myself at a younger age to do that because I think when I first started like working there, I was definitely more sloppier. My dad was very nice, like never really said much but he would like take my clothes at night because I was living at the point in time and like bring them into work the next day and like alter them and then bring them back. <laughs> like, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't even tell me like, like for the first like couple months, like he'd bring it, he'd bring home, he'd bring the, like a pair of pants, like short like an inch and then bring it back and like try to hide it from me the whole time doing it, which he couldn't, you know, he'd hide it in the work, you know, just to kind of like make me like open my mind up a little bit but without actually telling me that I look like an asshole. He would just try to fix me up. So I wouldn't look like an asshole. He's just nudging you in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. Like trying to put me in the right direction. It was very cool about it. But um, yeah, I'd probably tell myself that. Just like, start, you know, clean yourself up a little bit. Try to lose a little more weight because the skinnier you are in a suit, the better you look, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's, one, it's one of those things, you know? I, nice. Yeah, it'd probably, it'd probably be that. You know, and obviously we're in, we're in the midst of COVID right now. So, you know, a lot of people are wearing like, uh, you know, no pants all day or, you know, just wearing track suits or whatever. 
What do you think the right. future is going to look like you know, in the menswear space as we, as we come through this situation, this pandemic sort of ends, but you know, a lot of like the work from home and sort of remote working is probably going to stay for a while. It's going to be here for a little while. So I think the, the, I mean, the sportswear game is what's going now, right? Obviously people are loving tracksuits and casual stuff because they're not going to the office, not seeing anybody, they're not going to friends' parties. There's no events, there's no travel. There's no reason to get dressed up, right? And if there's no reason to get dressed up, then there's no reason, there's no reason to wear the suit. So people are not wearing it. That I feel like is going to change once things start opening up. But that's the big what if question, right? Like when and what, you know, the, since the offices are not opening up and especially here in New York, like there's no reason they get dressed up. So I think, I think it's going to get to a point when they can dress up and go to work. I think it's going to be a crazy flood and we're going to be the busiest we've probably ever been in years because mm-hmm. everyone's going to want all new shit at that point in time. Like yeah, once they, like offices true. open up, once offices opening up, right? So let's say, oh, say let's just put a hypothetical out there. Like I feel like spring of next year, is when things that really start changing. Like I think the rest of the winter where 2020 at this point is a fucking wash, you know, nothing's else going to change. Yeah. I think the winter time's coming for New York. Once they can start going out in spring, April, May, June, they can start going up. People are going to like get to a point like I, I'm sick of fucking wearing sweatpants or shorts every single day. Yeah. Like, they're going to want to, yeah. they're going to want to get dressed up. Like, you yeah. know, honestly, you wearing sweatpants all day, you feel like shit, you know, like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. very honest. Everyone's yeah. done. You all went through shit. You're kind of like, you don't want to, you're not productive, you know, you don't give a shit, you know, everything kind of like your whole, your whole vibe changes. Yeah. So once you, once you can start to get back into the flow of things, I think you really, everyone's going to change their mentality and be like, all right, let's get dressed up. It's going to work. You know, it's, it's, yeah. Cause the idea of dressing up won't change. It will still no, be there. No, people, people but, always want to look their best. Right. And they yeah, always want to feel yeah. great. And that's what clothes do to people. Right. They, they, they you, you can put a, a suit on a construction worker who wears, rip pants all day long in construction boots when he has to go to a wedding and he puts a suit on he feels the best he's ever looked in his whole life yeah right and, and that's everybody has that same feeling whenever they get dressed up you do and if it fits right too that's even that's a bigger plus but like when you actually have to dress up to actually have something to do it, it it gives you such a level of confidence and productivity i mean you stand a little bit taller you feel a little bit better your whole your whole mentality changes and you're you're more focused being in sweatpants all day i feel like doesn't happen so i think it's going to shift a little bit where it's going to be all sweatpants now. So whatever. Then I think it's going to be like sweatpants and like a blazer. It's mm. going to go like, you know, like let me look like a hobo chic situation where it's like, I'm a little dressed down, but I'm dressed up at the same time. Yep. And I think that's going to be a vibe for a little while. And then it's going to go to something completely else. That's going to be back to suits and back to world again. But mm. the what if and when is the question that no one knows the answer to at this point, you know? Yeah. Definitely going to be a rough road. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, honestly, I think we have another year of this. And at this point, only the strongest are going to survive, when, especially in outfield. But a good, good thing you started CKC and you have an online store. Correct. The online, the online's really been, the online's been helping. But, you know, people are still coming in. I, I, have, I have less people coming in to the store, but they seem to be buying more than they normally would. Like, you know, the average guys will come in twice a season to buy suits. They're still coming in. But, like, instead of buying two suits, they're buying four. I don't know if they're doing it just to help me or they're doing it just to because they everyone's got like burning holes in their pocket because you know our customers who are a little more well off in a sense are not really affected by what's going on in the world you know only like the middle class people the work class people are really affected if you if you were wealthy you're pretty much just still wealthy and you haven't done anything in six months that to get the, you haven't traveled you haven't had any fun you haven't done anything yeah. so i think when you get a chance to spend money you're, you're gonna spend money yeah. you know like you yeah. know, like at this point you gotta treat yourself it's been like so long and you save so much money on freaking restaurants and all this stuff that you never even, you've never done anything. 
So now it's like, yeah. all right, when you get a chance to actually do it, they're doing it. So we're seeing less people come in, but they're still buying suits, but just less. It's doing a lot more blazers lately, a lot just more dress pants, not as much like full-on suits as normal. Yeah, that cash flow situation. I mean, Jay saved so much money not going to brothels during lockdown. He opened a shop. <laughs> That, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I can imagine the amount of money you save. It's unbelievable. It's, it's crazy, right? It's crazy, right? You know, it's... <laughs> on that shop? note, <laughs> wait. See, I, see, I, I don't even know anything about your shop. You gotta explain to me what's going on here. Did you open up a store? What's going on? Yeah, I opened up a store, and uh, we're selling Rubinacci stuff uh, as well uh, for okay. accessories and things. But uh, yeah, it's it's made in 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 Thailand. Very but, nice. uh, we, we, Very cool. the place, the idea of the place is to have uh, Italians be able to do trunk show in the space and we oh, have very a lot cool. of billionaire clients and shit. So uh, we just want to have a proper store so we can cater. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, like being in the brainstorming room with you and see Christopher in the beginning, a lot of these ideas that I collect around the world. You it, stole it completely from us. Yeah. I'm finding a Jewish real estate guy here, but I can't, but uh, <laughs> to, to partner with. Not, not, not easy. Not easy. Not easy. Not easy. Indeed. Well, Carl, I want to thank you for taking the time to, to come by the podcast and uh, hang out with us, talk shop. Really appreciate it. No, not a problem, man. It was a pleasure. It really was. Anyone wants to find out more information online, where can, where can they find your stuff? So at this point, you go to the CKC website. So CKCNY.com. Okay. Um, and you'll see all the suits and everything else from there. And, you know, have fun with it. And like I said, we make, we'll do anything. So if they see something they like, they want to change something, we do it. So we, we're still customizable suits that are stock sizes nice that's the best way to say it and then we can do full color custom if you come to the store when new york opens up where people can start shopping more and have fun and come in, you know and do what they gotta do from there all the links will be in the show notes and until next time everyone stay dapper stay, stay villainous, villainous.